Well, let's pray and uh, get into the word of God. Father, we're so thankful. We're thankful for your goodness to us, Lord. You are good and your mercy endures forever. We're thankful, Father. And Lord, we ask you, Lord, today for eyes that see and ears that hear, hearts that are open and receptive, show us wonderful things in your word, things that we have not seen. We're asking you, Holy Spirit, reveal it to us. Show it to us. Make it more clear and more real to us than it ever has been. Show us how to practically apply the word that we hear today. Ask for your, we ask for your anointing to be upon me, to be upon the hearer today in the name of Jesus. And we purpose not to just be hearers of this word, but to be doers of your word in the name of Jesus. And everyone said, amen, amen. amen. Well, you can be seated. Glory to God. Well, I have something a little different today. We've been on a series or a subject called The Good Fight of Faith, and I got stirred up this week, and, and uh, I felt like the Lord ministered something else for me to share with you today, this morning. So go with me to Philippians chapter 3. So this will be a little different, you know, not as, maybe not as much teaching. I don't know. Just let the Holy Ghost will... Show, show us what to do, but we're believing him. We're asking him for uh, direction and utterance, but I do know that the Lord wants to stir us up. He wants to stir us up this morning, and uh, I believe that's what this message will do. Philippians chapter 3, starting in verse 14, and I'm going to read this from the Amplif- uh, I'm sorry, from the NIV the New International Version, it says in verse, did I say 14? I'm sorry, verse 7. We're starting in verse 7, Philippians 3, verse 7. And this is the Holy Spirit through the Apostle Paul, and he says, but whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss Because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participations in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already attained, obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on. Somebody say, I press on. To take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, Uh, And sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on. Somebody say, I press on. Toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Paul is saying, I'm pressing on. I'm moving forward. I'm, I'm forgetting all that other stuff. He said all those other things that I considered gain previously, previously to selling out for Christ. He said, I consider them garbage. I consider them nothing. He said, I want to know Christ. 
I want to know him. I, I don't just want to know about him. I want to know him. I want to know the power. I want to know the resurrection. He said, I want to know him. I, and so to do that, he said, I, I'm press on. I press on. Somebody say, I press on. I press, on. press on means that you're after it, that you're going after it, that you are pursuing it. That means that you are taking steps to get to the prize, that you are taking steps to get to the goal, uh, to get the reward. You are pressing on. But in order to reach your goal and get the reward, that means you cannot stay in one place, that you cannot stay dormant, that you cannot stay inactive. That means you're going to have to do something. That means you're going to have to get to moving. You're going to have to get to acting. You're going to have to get to going. Amen? You can't stay in a stationary position and reach your goal. You can't stay inactive and get a reward. There's something that you have to do. Amen? There's something that you're going to have to move towards and move out and do. So the title of my message today is I Can't Stay Here. Somebody said I can't stay here. I believe we're supposed to stir ourselves up today and challenge ourselves to move beyond where we are right now, to go beyond where we are in our spiritual walk, and our spiritual development, and say, I can't stay here no more. I can't stay here. Yes, yeah, been good, but I want to go further with God. I want to I know him more. I want to have more fellowship with him. I want to go deeper with God. Somebody say, I can't stay here. I can't stay here. See, we can't be satisfied with where we are. We can't just be content to stay where we are. We can't just look at where we are and say, you know, I think I'll just rest here until Jesus comes and just, that's it. No further movement, no further process, progress. No, we got to press on. We got to press on. We got to move forward. We got to go after it. We got to pursue it. This is aggressive. This is not passive. This is proactive. Not passive, but proactive. Active in our faith. Active in our pursuit. We're active. We want to go after the things of God. Say, I can't stay here. That means there's going to be some effort. That means that there's going to have to be some effort involved. It's going to require us moving from where we are and doing something. And pushing through some resistance, pushing through some pressure and some opposition, some things maybe that could be holding us back, we're going to have to press through. We're going to have to get through it. Amen? Amen. Go with me to Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5. I got stirred up this week. We, we both got stirred up. We said, you know, uh, being around these other ministers and seeing what they're doing and accomplishing, I, I said, we got, we got to go further. We got to press on. I wrote it down. I can't stay here. I, I got to get some more time in prayer. More, more. I got to, you know, they were talking about one individual that spent, what, the first half uh, of his day from morning till he woke up to noon praying in the Holy Spirit, praying to the Lord, seeking God. And, man, things started happening. Miracles started taking place in his ministry, in his church. I said, man, I got to go further. I got to go deeper. I cannot stay here. I, I can't stay here. I'm not satisfied here. 
I, I don't want to watch other people experience miracles. I don't want to see other people do things and accomplish things for the kingdom of God. I want to accomplish things for the kingdom of God. What about you guys? This is not just for the preacher and the pastors. This is for the church. This is for us, all of us. Amen. And Mark chapter 5, go to verse 25. I'm going to read from the King James Version, um, starting in verse 25. And it says, And a certain woman which had an issue of blood twelve years, and had suffered many things of many physicians, and had spent all that she had, and was nothing bettered, but rather grew worse. When she heard of Jesus, came in the press behind, and touched his garment. For she said, If I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that, we should, that she was healed of that plague. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, turned him about in the press and said, Who touched my clothes? And his disciples said unto him, You seest the multitude thronging thee, and sayest thou, Who touched me? And he looked around about to see her that had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. And he said unto her, Daughter, your faith has made you whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. Now, this word press is the same word you see that she was, uh, came in the press. That's the same word as a crowd or a multitude. And the implication, if you look this up in the Greek, is that it's a multitude that's unorganized. Uh, it, it's kind of some chaos. They're thronging Jesus. They're pressing against Jesus all together. They're trying to get to him. And they are pressing him on every side. And this woman who's dealing with a, a blood uh, issue, some say it's hemorrhoids, but she's losing blood. This has been going on for 12, uh, not hem uh, uh, hemorrhaging. It's, is that the same thing? Uh, no, that's not the same. That's different, yeah. Sorry. Uh, but uh, she's been hemorrhaging and dealing with this blood disease for 12 years. Um, she hears about Jesus, and I don't know how it happened, but she heard of Jesus, and obviously she heard that Jesus can heal. So she heard something, hey, this Jesus can heal, and everyone's running towards him and, and flocking towards him. And she has spent all her money on physicians, doctors, and they didn't help her. They actually made her worse, it says. She got worse. And, uh, and she spent all her living on trying to be free of this disease. So if we put ourselves in her shoes, she sees Jesus, she hears of him, she's already weakened. She's been losing blood. She's been dealing with this issue for 12 years. She is weak in her physical body. But, it, but she sees him, and I don't know what she tried to do immediately. Maybe she tried to call out to Jesus in her weakened condition. Maybe she said, Jesus, Jesus. But there's a crowd of people. It's noisy. They're pressing all around him, and she's trying to get his attention. Uh, but he can't hear. He can't see. There's too many people around him. And then she says within herself, if I could just touch his clothes, I'll be healed. Now think of that, though. She is dealing with this sickness. She's dealing with this disease. And she has to probably encourage herself. 
Because I would assume, think about it now, how these things work. You've been in some battles before. You've been in some situations. Uh, she sees a crowd of people, and she probably thinks, man, he, he can't see me. Uh, he's not going to hear me. How, how am I going to get healed? But then something in her said, you know what? If I just touch the hem of his robe, if I just touch his clothes, I'll be healed. In other words, she said, I can't stay here. Jesus is right there. I may not have this opportunity again. When am I going to see Jesus again? I cannot just stay here in this condition. I, I have to make an effort. I have to get up and I have to get to Jesus. And if I just touch his clothes, if I can just reach his clothes, I'll be healed. So she starts making her way to Jesus. And I'm sure as she's making her way, if there's a crowd of people thronging against Jesus, pressing against Jesus, she probably got pushed out the way a few times. She probably had to say, uh, you know what, I may not make it, and then have to talk herself back into a No, 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 if I just keep going, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, if I could just touch his clothes, I'll be healed. She said to herself, I can't stay here. Because if I stay here, I'll be dealing with the same situation for the next 12 years. And I'm tired of dealing with this. I got to go forward. I got to press on. I got to keep going. And she finally makes it to Jesus and she gets healed. She receives. All she did was the Luke's account says that she touched the hem of his garment, just the border of his garment. She didn't shrink back. She didn't turn back. She kept moving forward. She said, in her weakened condition, when people are pressing against Jesus, when she had every reason to say, I'm not going to make it, I'm not going to get to Jesus, she decided, I'm going to go forward. I'm pressing on. She had to move past the doubts, move past the impossibilities, and get to Jesus. See, doubt shrinks back and regresses. But faith moves forward and presses. Yes, that's good, that's good. The Lord gave me that. Say, <laughs> doubt shrinks back and regresses. Faith moves forward and presses. Doubt, see, doubt will look at something and say, what's the point? What's it worth? I'm not going to make it. I can't do it. And it'll shrink back. It'll draw back. It'll turn back. It'll go back to what's familiar. Go back to what's comfortable. Go back to what you know. But faith says, man, I'm moving forward. I'm pressing on. I'm pressing forward because I can't stay here anymore. I can't stay here in this condition anymore. I can't stay here and just live year after year dealing with this any longer. I'm getting to Jesus. I'm getting my miracle. You know, a lot of people believe in miracles and believe that Jesus can do miracles, but a lot of people are not willing to make the effort to do what it takes to receive the miracle. You know, how many know in uh, Jesus' first miracle, when he turned the water into wine, they had to fill the water pots with water. Actually, uh, Mary, Jesus' mother, came to Jesus and said, hey, we're out of wine. They're at the wedding. And he said, hey, what's that to me? And then Mary turned to them and said, hey, whatever he tells you to do, do it. That's how you get a miracle. That's the beginning of miracles. That's the first step, finding out what the Lord says. What does he say? And then we do what he says. But they had to take these big water pots. You know, back then they didn't have hoses. 
that you just pull up and just, you know, fill all these water pots up, you know. They, they, they couldn't just do that. They had to literally get some heavy, do some heavy lifting, pick up these water pots and go down to the well, wherever it was. It could have, who knows, it could have been a mile away. We don't know. But they had to make an effort. If they wanted to see a miracle, they had to do something. They couldn't just sit there and be like, no, they had to do what the Lord told them to do. That means there's some effort involved. That means if we want to see a miracle, we can't stay here. He said, go and fill it up. So we got to go and do something. That means we cannot stay here. We got to go over there and fill it up. And they brought it back, and we know the rest of the story. As they begin to drink, the, uh, they pour it out, the water turned to wine, and they had a good old time. Amen? <laughs> they had a good old time. Uh, but what I want you to see is that a lot of people, they believe, oh, God can do miracles. God can do mighty, wonderful things. They believe it on paper. They believe it in their heart. But don't do anything else. They don't spend time in prayer to find out what the Lord is telling them to do. They don't spend time in his word to find out what his word says about their situation. And so they are just staying there in their situation. They are just stuck there. But no, somebody said, I can't stay here. I can't stay here. See, she believes the Lord can heal, but in order for it to manifest in her body, she's going to have to do something. She's going to have to press through the crowd. She's going to have to press through the people. She's going to have to move oh, whoever she has to move out the way and say, I'm, excuse me, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but I got to get to Jesus. She has to move everything and move out of her situation. She has to move past all the doubts and fears, all the insecurities, what people may think of her because she is dealing with this issue of blood. Who knows how she looks? Who knows how her clothes look? Maybe they're bloodied. I don't know, but she had to get past all that and say, I don't care what people think. I don't care how it looks like, how I look. I'm going to get healed. I'm not staying here. I am going to get healed. And I said before, I don't know about you, but I do not want to watch from the sidelines and watch other people experience the miraculous. I don't want to see other people press and see the best that God has for us, that God has for me, that God has for you. I don't want to just watch it. I want to experience it. Well, that means we're going to have to press forward. That means we're going to have to do something different. Amen? Go to Matthew chapter 14. No, we cannot stay in a stationary position. We cannot remain inactive. We're going to have to step out by faith. We're going to have to do something. Matthew chapter 14. Now, this is... Uh, Right after Jesus feeds the multitude of 5,000, he feeds the multitude, does the miracle with the fish and the loaves, and he, uh, well, let's start in verse 22. 14, verse 22, Matthew 14, verse 22. Immediately, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side. While he sent the multitudes away, and when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. 
You know, if Jesus had to go pray by himself, we have to go pray by ourselves. Amen. <laughs> now, when evening came, he was alone there. But the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a ghost. And they cried out for fear. Now just put yourselves in these guys' shoes. You know, it's 12 disciples, you know, grown men, uh, you know, supposed to be Jesus' disciples, right-hand men, you know. They're, they're supposed to be strong men. Uh, but they're normal, just like everybody else. And they see somebody walking on the water, and they're all, I don't know if they start hugging each other. Oh, no, it's a ghost. <laughs> but, but they were afraid. <laughs> That's what it says. They said, it's a ghost. And they cried out for fear. So they cried out means you heard them. You heard something. Oh, no. You know, you heard something. If you were in a boat or if you were on shore, you probably heard some grown men cry like you never heard before. <laughs> And it says, and Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me. Or actually, let me back up here. And they cried out for fear, verse 27. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, be of good cheer. It is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. So he said, come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. Now, we're going to stop right there. We, we know what happened after that, but I want you to see Jesus, Peter did what nobody else did. Yeah, we know he started to sink, but he did what nobody else did. He walked on the water. He was willing to do what nobody else was willing to do. I don't know why those other guys didn't. I mean, obviously they were fair, uh, afraid and not in faith, but Peter was brave enough to say, hey, if it's you, command me to come out there. Now, I don't think Peter was trying to demonstrate or show his faith. He was probably one of the guys crying and screaming too, you know, for fear, saying it's a ghost. But when Jesus, when he heard that it was Jesus, he said, if that's you, command me to come out there. And I believe he said, man, I want to get out this boat because it's rocking and the waves are hitting it and I'd rather be by Jesus. And so, and so you know, think of Peter now. Uh, he, he's in this boat, and Jesus is right there, and he's like, man, I cannot stay here. I cannot stay here. If I want to get to Jesus, I can't stay in this boat. I can't just sit here and, and watch Jesus walk on water, unafraid, you know, fearless and courageous. I got to get to Jesus. And that's, you know, where religion comes in, because religion tries to say, Oh, who do you think you are trying to do what Jesus did? You're just a pathetic human being. How dare you ask to, to walk on the water like God? You know, but Jesus obviously wasn't threatened, right? Jesus didn't say, Peter, Peter, you're a mere human. You're just a pathetic worm of a man. How dare you think that you can do what I, the Son of God, can do? Stay in that boat. I'll get to you when I get to you. No, he didn't say that. Jesus is not insecure, right? He's not threatened. Some people, I don't know if they realize what they're saying, that you can't do what God can do. Why? Why? Is God threatened? Then he, isn't he the one that said, the works that I do, you will do, and greater works than these shall you do because I go to my Father? God is not threatened by us. 
He is not insecure. We're his children. He gets pleasure out of us doing some miraculous things. He gets pleasure out of us stepping out of the boat and stepping out by faith. All right? But in order for us to do that, we have to have a mindset that I can't stay here. If I'm going to experience what others don't experience, that means I got to get out of the boat. I got to get out of this place of where it may seem secure, and I got to step out onto the water. If I want to go deeper with the Lord, see, the Lord is out in the deep. In this situation, the Lord is out there in the deep. He's walking on the water. And in order for Peter to get to the Lord, he's going to have to go out into the deep to meet Jesus. That means he can't stay here. And that's why many people never get out the boat is because it looks too scary. It's too, they're too afraid. They're looking at the wind and the waves. And because of that, they're, they're looking at, man, I'm going to have to focus on Jesus. I'm going to have to do the impossible. In order to do the impossible, you have to step out of the boat, which means you can't stay here. In order to get there, we cannot stay here. In order to go deeper in the things of God, we can't stay here. Somebody said, I can't stay here. But what did Jesus say? He said, come, come. You know, if I was those other, well, I don't know what I would have done, but I'm saying by faith, I would have been saying, hey, me too, Jesus. Can I come? I mean, there could have been a boatload of guys walking on the water like, yeah. So another boat would have drove, came by there and be like, what is that? They would have been crying, oh, my gosh, aliens, you know. <laughs> but there could have been a boatload of water walkers, but they didn't do that. that. That didn't happen. But the Lord wants us to experience the miraculous. The, the Lord wants us to experience more than we're experiencing right now. He, he wants us to go further. He wants us to go deeper. But that means you're going to have to move past some insecurities, move past fears, move past some things that are holding you back. How I many you know you, some things you may have to get past the fear of man, what others are going to think of you? Because sometimes that will hold people back. They will not do something because they're afraid, well, what if I mess up? What if I fail? What if I fall on my face? So? Some of the greatest men and women on earth have fallen on their face. But you just get up and you just know they're too afraid to step out. What I'm talking about is maybe you want to witness to somebody. Maybe you want to lay hands on somebody. Maybe you want to see some, you know, the Lord use you to win somebody to the Lord. Well, you can't stay here and the sinner is over there. You got to get up and walk over to the sinner and say, do you know the Lord? Can, can I pray with you? Can I lay hands on you if they're sick? But you can't stay here doing that. And you can't be worried, what if I mess up? What if I don't say the right thing? No, that's staying here. You'll be stuck here if you never step out. You'll be stuck in this same spiritual condition if we don't step out. We got to step out. We got to get out of the boat and go forward and press on, press through the timidity, press through the fear, press through the, the thoughts that are coming, that are hitting your mind, that you're unsure about, press through the reasoning and doubts that are swirling. What if, what if this doesn't happen? What if it doesn't work? You got to press through that 
Because if you don't press through, you'll stay here. Say, I can't stay here. Say, I can't stay here. I don't know how long it took for Peter to get out of that boat, but he got out of that boat. He at least got out of the boat, and he was walking on the water for a short time. Somebody said, yeah, but he fell. Hey, that's more than the rest of the guys were doing. Peter sank, but at least he was walking on the water. I'd rather take a few steps and fall than not try at all. I'd rather step out a little bit than do nothing and just watch other people. Amen? And that's the mentality. That's the spirit of faith that you have to have. You have to say, I don't care if I fall on my face. I'm going to do what the Lord told me to do. I'm going to step out. I'm going to witness. I'm going to, you know, get up and speak. I'm going to do what it takes, but I cannot stay here. I don't care if I look foolish and I look stupid. How many know the Bible says the fear of man is a trap? Their fear of man is a snare. It'll keep you bound. It'll keep you in bondage, and you'll never get out your comfort zone if you don't take a step, if you don't move beyond this place. Somebody say, I can't stay here. I can't stay here. See, God wants to take us somewhere where others are not willing to go, but in order to get there, we cannot stay where we are. We cannot stay in the condition that we are right now. We cannot stay in the place that we are right now. And I don't know where you are, but we all need to evaluate where we are. There's some things in my life, I'll tell you this week, that I was like, man, I can't, I can't stay here. I, I want to increase. I was, we were talking about it. Uh, Clarice and I, we were saying, you know, we can't, I, I want to increase in my giving. I'm talking about personal. I want to increase in my giving. I want to increase in, uh, in my prayer life. I want to increase. I don't just want to stay here. I cannot stay here because what God has for us is not here, just here, staying here. You have to press. You have to look at what's ahead, and that means you're going to have to leave some things behind. That means you're going to have to let go of some things. It could be some friends. It could be some people in your life. Because if your friends are not going with God, then you're going to just stay stuck if you're staying with them. And so you got to press forward. They could be Christians. They could be Christian people. They could be Christian individuals. But if they don't care about pressing forward with God, you say, sorry, I got to get some new friends. We can hang out, you know, every now and then. But I got, I got to get around some people that want to grow with God, that want to go with God, that want to do something for the kingdom of God. I, I, I want to get around some people that are on fire for the things of God. And in order to do that, I cannot stay here. Somebody say, I can't stay here. I want us to get that in our spirit that you, there needs to be an unsettling and an uneasiness in us sometimes that, you know, we be, we're thankful. We're thankful for what God has done. But, man, we're forgetting what lies behind. And we're moving forward. We're not thinking about yesteryears and the glory days and the good old days saying, oh, wasn't that a great old time back in the 90s and the 2000s? No, I'm moving forward. This is the new time. God has something new for us. He wants us to experience him today. He don't just want us to read about what he's done. Amen? We were, uh, Randy Roberts was here a few weeks ago, or months ago now, I guess, but uh, he just got back from that trip in, what was the name of that country? What's that? Angola. 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 I knew, yeah. Uh, Angola. 
And uh, man, he saw miracles and I mean, miraculous miracles. Uh, people that uh, never walked, a 12 year old, never walked in her life, walking now. You know, mom's crying and, and uh, deaf ears opened, um, eyes opened, people that never seen, never heard. Miraculous things, and we know a young person that went with them, and, they, and uh, my daughter was sharing with me that he was crying, and he was like, wow, i never seen that in my life, never seen those type of miracles. Well, God is still in the miracle working business, and that's great that God is using him to do that, and that's great that people are getting healed. We, we're thankful for that. That is awesome. That's amazing, but we want to be used by God. When I'm saying we, I'm talking about all of us here. We don't just want to settle and just say, oh, it's great to see that happening. What about us? The Bible says believers shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Are you a believer? Well, that means God wants to use you. He wants to do miracles through you. But what does it take? It takes us saying, I got to press. If I, if I sense that the Lord is saying something to me, to go up to that person, to ask him a question, you know, just probe. Hey, you know, uh, is there anything I can pray with you about? All, that's all it takes. But in order to do that, that means we can't stay here. <laughs> that means I cannot stay here. I cannot just sit here and think, hmm, that would be a good candidate to witness to. But... <sighs> No, little old me. I, I, what can I say? What can I do? No, you got to step out. You got to step out of the boat. You got to move forward. And you say, I, I'm not staying here. I'm going to witness. I'm going to do something that I've never done before. That's what it's going to take, is doing something that you've not done before. You know, you heard the definition of insanity is what? Doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. Well, let's not be insane. Let's say, okay, in order to get closer to God, to draw closer to him, to do what he wants us to do, I cannot stay here. Say, I can't stay here. You know, the Bible says in Hebrews eleven twelve. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. It says there's, there is a great cloud of witnesses in heaven. Those are, those, those are the people, the believers that have gone on before us. They're cheering us on. They're like, go after it, man. Go get it. Go get it, sister. Go get it, brother. Come on, step out. Get out the boat. Quit being afraid. They're up there cheering us on. And what does it say we need to do? We need to lay aside all the things that would hold us back. Like I said before, it could be some friends. It could be some entertainment. Whatever it is that we need to do, you know in your heart what it is. But we just got to say, you know what? I'm laying this aside. I'm leaving this behind. Because to get to where I need to get to, I got to move forward. I got to press on. And this is holding me back. Go to Genesis chapter 12. Genesis chapter 12. The things that are causing us to stay here, we need to leave behind so that we can get there. There to where God has it, has the blessing, the, the miracle, the increase, the deeper intimacy with him. 
You know, if you want to go deeper with God, if you want to spin and know the Lord further, like Paul was talking about, to know him, you're going to have to spend more than five minutes in prayer and five minutes reading the Word of God. If you want to go deep with God, if you want to know him better, well, you're going to have to do some things that you haven't done before. That means when you're in the bed and it's 5 a.m., you got to say, I can't stay here. I got to get up. I got to get up and spend time with the Lord. Amen. Because I'll stay in the same spiritual condition for the next 20 years if I don't do something. And I watch other people increase and be blessed while I'm just saying, oh, man, I wish I could have, should have, would have. No, it's time to get up. In Genesis 12, this is talking about Abram. He's Abram at this time, who becomes Abraham, our father Abraham. And it says, now the Lord had said to Abram, get out, uh, verse 1, now the Lord had said to Abram, get out of your country, from your family, and from your father's house, to a land that I will show you, and I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken to him. Notice that. What did Abraham do? He departed. He said, if I want to be blessed, if I want to increase, if I, if I want the blessing of the Lord, I can't stay here. He realized that real quick. You don't see him debating over it. You don't, say, you don't see him taking a year-long sabbatical to pray about it, do you? No. Immediately, what does he do? So Abraham departed as the Lord has spoken to him. Because if Abraham wants to experience this blessing, what God has for him, then it ain't right where he's at. It ain't where he's living right now in daddy's house. He's got to go forward. He's got to press on to something he doesn't even know. This is going to require him faith. This is going to require his faith to go into the unknown, to go where he's never been before. That's going to require him moving beyond his comfort zone, moving beyond where he's comfortable. And now this is talking about a geographical location and today, I'm not necessarily talking about a geographical location, although the Lord may tell you to do something like that, and he has. He's done it with us. But there is a spiritual location in your heart that you know, I cannot stay in this spiritual location anymore. I got to move forward, and I don't know what it looks like beyond this, but I know I cannot stay here. I know God is asking me to take a step of faith. And that means that you may have to forget some past hurts, forget some past rejections, and leave that behind. Leave some, some words that wounded you. You're going to have to leave that there and say, I know they said this about me. I know they rejected me. I know these things, and I've been looking at them, and it's been holding me back. But I got to leave that here, and I got to move forward. I got to press on. I can't worry about this and what they said. I can't, I, 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 got, I can't stay here anymore because the blessing, the increase, the provision, what God has for me is not here in this location anymore. Do you see that? 
And what did Abraham do? He departed. He departed. He departed the place of familiarity. And that's a problem, is that people get comfortable, they get familiar with something, and it's hard to move past the familiarity. It's hard to move past that security blanket, that thing that you've had year after year. Think about Abraham. He's got to leave daddy and mama's house and go out somewhere he doesn't even know yet because the Lord said, I'm going to show you the land. I'm going to take you into this land. And so he is just, that's why he's the father of faith. That's why he is our father of faith because he steps out by faith just trusting what God said. Just leave. That's all he knows. I just got to leave. I can't stay here because if I stay here, I will never experience what God has for me. Do you see that requires us to move past, to press beyond and say, you know what? I know I've been in my comfort zone, but I can't stay in my comfort zone no more. I got to do something different. I got to shake myself up, stir myself up to get out of this boat, to get out of this place and trust God. Trust God that if I do what he says to do, he's going to make everything work out. Because no one ever trusted in him and was put to shame. When we trust God, he's going to come through. Psalm 37 says this. Uh, let me turn to it real quick. Psalm 37. If you want, you can turn to it as well. But in verse, well, I'll start with verse 1. Fret not thyself because of evildoers. Neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity, for they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. So shall you dwell in the land, and verily shall you be fed. So what's going to happen if you trust in the Lord? You'll be fed. And it says, delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way unto the Lord, trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. He shall bring it to pass. If we trust him, if we do what he says, he's going to make sure he's going to bring to pass what he said he was going to do. Abraham doesn't have to worry. Abraham doesn't have to be concerned that God's not going to do what he said he was going to do. No, God will do what he said he was going to do. Amen? He, but what he needs to be concerned about is playing it safe and not taking a risk. How many know with God, it may, it may seem like you're taking a risk in the natural. For Peter, it seemed like he was taking a risk to step out of the water. Obviously, these guys must have not known how to swim back then. I don't know. Maybe they didn't have swimming PE class in school or something and learn how to swim. But it was a risk. But if you never take any risk, if you never take any risk of ridicule, uh, a risk that you might get persecuted, risk that it might not work the first time, that you might not do it right, we, can't go, we won't go any further with God. We'll stay here. But we have to be willing to take risk. Peter was willing to take a risk. Abraham was willing to take a risk. But again, it's really not so much a risk because if we trust God, he's going to come through. He's going to bring it to pass. And I'm saying for us in this church that we are not going to be content staying here. Just, just staying here. Uh, no, we're going further. We're going to grow. 
we're going to see miracles. We're going to see salvations. We're going to see signs and wonders. We cannot stay here. We cannot stay here. I'm not content with just staying here as, as you know, as beautiful as your faces are. No, uh, we, I'm not content with just looking at you week after week and that's all we do. No, we got to go further. We got to reach more. We got to do more. We got we to gotta give more, pray more, read more, whatever it takes. But we can't stay here. We can't stay here. And we all have to get that in our spirit that we can't stay here. I can't stay in this hurt anymore. I got to move out. I can't stay in this doubt and timidity anymore. And timidity anymore. I got to move out. And that's what the spirit of the God, God is saying to us today, I believe, that we're not staying here. You can't stay there anymore. Somebody said, I can't stay here. Now, in order for us to, one of the major things that we need to do that will help us get to that place where God wants us to get to is praying in the spirit, getting into the spirit, because the answer is in the spirit. The answer is not in the natural. The answer is in the spirit world. It's in the spirit dimension. The thing that you're saying, okay, God, I, I can't stay here, but what's next? What do you want me to do? How should I do it? Well, the answer is not here. It's in the spirit dimension. Amen. In order to do that, the Lord has given us the Holy Spirit yes. to get in the spirit so that we can hear from the spirit of God. And so I am challenging us to pray in the Holy Spirit on a daily basis. And I'm going to do this, but at least a half hour. I think you should do more. Because you can do that while you're getting ready for work, while you're just out in the garden. You know, you can just pray in the Spirit. And if you don't know about praying in the Spirit, if you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, the Bible says in Jude that when you pray in the Spirit, you are building yourself up on your utmost holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. This is a way you're speaking out divine mysteries between you and God. You are speaking directly to God, and you don't even need to, because there are things we don't know what to pray, the Bible says. We don't know what to pray for as we ought to, but the Holy Spirit does. And when we pray in the Spirit, the Holy Spirit can pray through us. And then we, you may not even have a clue what you're praying about, but then something will drop. Do that. Do this. Read this. Go here. Do that. But that never happens if we don't take the time to pray in the Spirit. So I'm issuing a challenge. At least what? 30 minutes, 30 minutes of praying in the Spirit. 30 minutes a day. That's, that's easy. That's real easy. That should, that, I mean, you're driving to work. If it takes 30 minutes or if you're, you know, uh, just getting ready in the morning, 30 minutes. You're showering. You're getting dressed. You know, whatever you're doing. You know, sometimes you can do it and almost forget you're doing it. Exactly. We, were, we were driving back from uh, Louisiana, and I was um, praying. We were praying in the Spirit. I was, I was praying in the Spirit for probably hours at one point um, because you kind of just forget that you're doing it. You're just praying in the Spirit. And uh, I got out at the gas station. I'm, but people are around. You know, you don't even think about it. Who cares? 
Who cares? There's a lot of crazy people already in the world. Who cares if they think you're crazy? <laughs> I'm never going to see these people again. Why should I care? That's the, way I, that's the way I look at it. Like, I ain't going to see them again. She says that a lot to me. I, I don't care. I ain't going to see them again. <laughs> so, not, not being rude to people and being mean, but just why should I care what they think? You know, who cares? I mean, yeah, I could, I'm speaking to God. My spirit is praying, and I'm praying out mysteries. Amen? Amen. So praying in the spirit. But uh, I don't know if you got anything out of that today. I believe you did. But the, make, the biggest thing is that you need to get in your spirit. I cannot stay here. I cannot stay here just comfortable, just him, ha, que sarah, sarah, whatever will be, will be. No, we're going forward. Amen? We hope this message has encouraged you today. For more information on our ministry or to donate, visit onewayministries.net.